and we are live. Another episode, I feel like it's episode 16 of Life in Commune. I don't know what episode it is, but I will trust you. Trust. And say that it is an episode of Life in Commune. Another good episode, yes, let's hope, as we, as we roll into it. We're going a bit more unscripted, which is going to be hard for Carling Harps, because <laughs> not to say we're scripted, but we, Carling likes to have the talking points down. No, this I like a, to have an outline, like a wireframe, <laughs> general checklist of, of talking points. But today, I am going to do this podcast Patrick full Beach of style. anxiety <laughs> <laughs> and bowing into the unknown, Patrick Beach style. Mm. Just, just living. talking about a topic that he came up with, and I'm just going to wing it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny, you guys. We have two very different approaches to the way we do pretty much everything. I can just, I like to feel my way through things, mm-hmm. you know, just kind You're of. Great with spontaneity. Spontaneity. Uh, just kind of be part of the experience. A bit of randomness. Oh, yeah, it could have gone a little better here or there. Oh, well, you know, whatever. A bit more choice or the map to the direction could have, or the map to the location mm-hmm. uh, could have been a bit more clear. But I just, that's how I like to roll. Like to go be with bit, the flow. Of, go with the flow. Whereas Carling likes to be a bit more structured. I like preparation. Yeah. And I like to just have a general expectation. I like to know when things are starting and stopping and a, a where we're amount, going, how a, long it's going to take to get there. A subtle amount of control is something that you look for. Yes. I do always joke that, like, as yoga teachers, we tend to like to have control because why else would you want to stand in front of a room and control 30 people in front of you? But that's not really the case for you. You like to have a shared experience. You like to create experience. Mm-hmm. Completely. That is my whole thing. So is that just saying that I like to control? (laughs) (laughs) All that to say, yes, I do like control. (laughs) Hey, it's all good. Hey, you got to know yourself. And um, I can be honest with my my, uh, tendencies. And I just, I like to have an expectation. And I like that it's a good balance between me and you. Yeah, because if we were both full of control, we'd probably button heads. Or both. And if we were both like you, we wouldn't be getting shit done. So (laughs) So here we are. Little mix. That being said, I'm a pretty productive person. Yes. Defending myself slightly. Once I hand you the list. (laughs) (laughs) No chance. All right, so what are we talking about today? Before, since you were just talking about places that we're going. Oh, okay. We are going to teach at the Scottish Yoga Conference September 27th through 29th. Which is in Dundee. I think in in the past that I've said it's in Edinburgh, and it's not. It's in Dundee. It's in Dundee. We have friends that live there. Mm -hmm. That's where they make a lot of delicious chocolate. And pizza too, right? And pizza. Great pizza. Yeah, pizza and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And yoga in Dundee. So that's our first stop on this upcoming Europe trip is the Scottish Yoga Conference in Dundee, Scotland. And then where are we going? Um, Dublin, Ireland, October 3 through 6. And in Dublin, there is a four-day teacher's mentorship intensive plus a few workshops Mm -hmm. um, at Yoga Hub. Yep. And then after that, on to a new place. So you can meet the happy pair. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to Greystones, right? We're going to go to Greystones. You got to see it. You got to jump in the water, even if it's cold. You have to do the morning plunge. You're going to freeze. We'll see about it. It's going to be fun, though. Okay. But yeah, if we may set up something with the happy pair, guys. I've still yet to really talk to them about it, but (laughs) most likely likely, they're they're as good as it comes. So it's most likely that will happen. Um, And then after that, we're going to go to Amsterdam Mm -hmm. to teach there. I feel like that's the 13th and 14th, whatever the Saturday, Sunday is after um that would be the following weekend right so it would be 12 and 13. this is where a plan comes in handy because hey, you know what you do you right. put the dates hey. on the outline and then you know them <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be such a hater though, <laughs> about it um and then last but not least you guys if you want to come to any of our london stuff almost everything is 
at capacity for that. Mm-hmm. We just had the Indaba crew add in five more spots to our inversion intensive. So five new spots were just added today and all the workshops are almost all at capacity as well. So if you want to come visit patrickbeach.com, sign up. We'd love to see you there. And all that starts in London on October 17th. So that's the training is a Thursday through a Sunday and the yeah. workshops are on the weekend. So now is the time to sign up for that because there won't be any spots left. Yeah, soon. there's it is very limited. Anyways, on to our topic of the day, which I'm actually really excited to talk about because I think it is something that gets misconstrued quite often um, with our natural human thought process, which is, uh, is it good or does it work? And we'll kind of try and break that down for you. And can there be both? Is it both, right? LeBron James is a person we use on the podcast as an example quite often. (laughs) It's both, both. right? He's a both. Like, is he good at what he does? Yes. Yes. Is he successful at it? Yes. Yes. So again, it's really trying to look at both sides of this and understand that there's a a dramatic difference between uh, being good at something, being technically skilled at something, and then that thing working for you in the way you want it to, meaning is it financially successful or creatively successful and again does it work is relative to you the individual certainly subjective that you know but um whereas we believe that being good technically good at something is uh is is not subjective essentially sure yeah so this was hard for me to wrap my head around at first when you proposed this topic because because it's so in the eye of the beholder I think first, just wrangling down, what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be good at something? Does it mean you're the best at it? Who gets to decide? Does it mean that you have the most training? Or like, what what does it mean to be good for you? I think it can mean a lot of things. And I think one of the first or one of the easiest ways to digest this is with music or movies. Sure. Because you could be a very technically talented musician. Right, you could play the guitar. Like for example, we just saw Keith Urban. Oh, we live, did just see and, Keith and Urban. We met Keith Urban. Shout out to my guy Jerry for making it all happen. Uh, hooking us up with amazing tickets and, and an amazing and experience. It was really cool. Right. So we met Keith Urban and one of the most shocking things about going to this show, so we are um I guess this is not secret anymore, but we are <laughs> like when we lived in Portland, um, there was this radio station. And it played country music 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No right? commercials. No commercials ever. No DJs ever. No announcements for anything. I don't know how this was going on. No, but it was great. But it was amazing, right? And so whenever we'd make these short drives, we would always just listen to that radio station. Because if you're doing like a five to seven minute drive, 10 minute drive, you don't really want to pick a song, do a whole thing. And this was our first for like, this is way, it feels off topic, but it's not, I swear. This is our first foray into country. So I didn't know much about country growing up. My mom listened to it, but it was never, it wasn't like a cool kind of thing to listen to in my upbringing. It was hip hop or bust, That's it. So there was no, that's that's all all there was. (laughs) So there was no dabbling. This was our first dabble into country music. And this is when I fell in love with a lot of these older Keith Urban songs and just like even pop country, I would say, because this is radio country. And I know there's devouts who will say, what they will about Keith Urban but like this was the first dabble and totally fell in love with it had no idea what we were getting into Exactly. we've kind of been on the bandwagon ever since and so yeah and so we we just love some some country music sometimes really good like high quality (laughs) country music other times less high quality but but again like 
I love those cheesy, some of those cheesy country tunes. I just do. Like mm-hmm. it makes it makes you feel good on a sunny day. Yeah, it's like just, it makes you feel happy. A current on the favorite of mine is called "Beer Never Broke Your Heart." No, beer ne- beer never broke my heart, <laughs> which is a terrible <laughs> song. But it's I know all the lyrics after one listen. It's fun. It's a it's, good summer sunroof open song, and that's exactly the point. And it's exactly what we're in but right it's now. It's actually the exact topic. Is it good? No, but does it work? Yes. Right. <laughs> Um, and it makes you happy, right? And coming, circling this background, so that's how we got into the the country music, um, pretty hardcore, and with Eric Church and Keith Urban and Sturgill, those are probably the three that mm-hmm. we listen to the most. Um, so with that, going into the show, I can't say I had much of a knowledge about what their live show was like because I was just we were just going to go. You True. Know what I mean? We've only been to we saw Eric Church perform in Stockholm, Sweden once yeah. when we were teaching there, which was the most confusing experience of, of ever confusing. to go to a country show in Stockholm. There's a vlog about it. If there you is. Look on YouTube. And it was a great show, but that's my only impression of what a country show is like mm-hmm. is in Stockholm, Sweden. So this yeah. was a whole other thing. We were at the Washington State Fair. Yeah. So this is like feel prime country time. Yes, this is right. very different. And as when we get when Keith comes on for the show, it was the dude can play the guitar better than anybody. And we've seen a lot of shows. This of dude music. can slay it on the guitar. And it's not that Slays I thought he couldn't. I just it. had no idea that he could. Yeah, it's just not something that you think of. Yeah. Uh, if you're just listening to the songs on the radio, on your Spotify, on your Apple Music, whatever mm-hmm. it is you do. And um, it, it was just a total shock to me. Like the band, half of the show is the band just jamming. Mm-hmm. You know, Keith's jamming. Our boy Jerry's, Jerry's up there jamming. The rest of the band sets up there jamming. Like, like they're ripping. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the guy that was playing in the back, his voice was amazing. Oh, right yeah, there, yeah, yeah. He, he was on the electronic the drums. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Slaying. Mm-hmm. And... You're like the everybody on stage was an immensely talented person, technically at their craft. Yes, certainly. Like the and they were also uh, successful with what they were doing, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's another thing where both of the things lined up, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of times that doesn't happen. Yes, I, I think I think quite often. I think that's the the rare occurrence when things line up. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I and I think what maybe the expectation is with anything poppy too is that it's successful but not good or not yes. technically good, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Keith was one of those things where I didn't have an expectation one way or the other because I just love him, but yeah. that. If anything's on the radio, sometimes the critic in us thinks, oh, well, it must not be good just because it's successful. Exactly. It's very easy to think of something that appeals to a large number of people as being uh, something for the lowest common denominator yeah, or just like something a, a top so 40 simple, kind of thing. super basic, a turkey sandwich, if a you will. A pumpkin spice latte. Right. Like for a lot, this of, time a lot of, of people like turkey sandwiches. A lot of people like pumpkin spice lattes, right? Mm-hmm. Like the approval rating on both of those things is very, very high. high. You know, another thing people really like Paul Blart, watching... Mall Cop. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> sorry, nobody, nobody likes Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, well, th- what it got like thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I remember that meme you posted. Way off the chain here. Just continue. <laughs> but um. Bass drops, as we learned from the Travis Scott documentary. Oh my God, people love people, when the bass drops. People love. A you bass know when drop. I love it? I love when the bass drops in in Burn Cycle. Yeah, because so. it's time to you know like get pumping. But in in regular life, I'm not a giant fan of bass dropping. Right. But people love a bass yes. drop. So again, there's there's general things that have just like a really high approval rating mm-hmm. 
dessert, another one of those things. Yeah, right? dessert. Um, pizza. Pizza. Uh, I'm almost on the disapprove of pizza these days. It's a contentious, but go on. Pizza's just an appetizer. This is, this is plain and simple. Just get the wrong kind of pizza. You know that pizza's just an appetizer. <laughs> it's not so a meal. So, it's not a meal. So what? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so it's a rarity, and it tends to be kind of these, um, these one-off or these example cases of people who are both good and successful. Yes. But I think we're a lot of the critics come in is when we feel like what's good never gets to be successful, mm-hmm. right? That like and, and also another thing is that if you're very trained in something, it's very easy to feel that you're owed something. Yeah, like success. And, exactly. <laughs> and I think that is another thing that really gets into our ego and our psyche as mm-hmm. people. And I think that the more you've worked at something, the more you feel it's owed to you. Yes. The more you've you've invested time, your 10,000 expert hours yes. or your money, you have mm. a degree, you have a PhD. Um, especially, I think academics is a good example because you might stay and get that PhD and then what, there's five jobs open in your field. You feel owed one of those jobs because you put in all this time, but you're probably not going to get one. Or, or maybe. Just maybe. 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 Just, maybe. I mean, but yeah, but out again, of 100 contenders that, did the, that put in the same amount of work... It's just how do you how do you really determine? Yeah, again, it's, it's another one of those things where like it's easy to, especially if you put a lot of work into something, to equate your efforts to achievement. Yes, but that's not always the case because there's what we've talked about a lot, which is perception, mm-hmm. and also uh, fit, mm-hmm. and also time and place. Time and place is huge. Huge, right? I think huge. this is a great example. I and I also think that certainly this could go into the category of what constitutes like in air quotes, good, yeah. but charisma and the ability to um, just be it to go with the flow, those kinds of mm-hmm. things all go into what it means to be good, but it doesn't always get the same weight as say like classical training. I agree. I think, I really think that what you're talking about, like the charisma, the personality, the time and place, I think that is the bridge between being talented or good or Mm -hmm. trained, whatever Mm -hmm. you want, that's on one end. And then success is on the other end. Mm -hmm. And that bridge in between them is Usually those things. Yeah, because you need a bit of both, right? Certainly. I mean, or you need those things to get you to the point of being successful. Yes, and even if it is like time and place and some luck, Mm-hmm. then that's a huge Every bridge. successful person has luck. Oh, yeah. Every, that's every successful person every that successful says person. they've just worked so hard for this. Well, hell yeah, everyone works hard for everyone stuff. Everyone works hard. But that's yeah. not the only factor. Like, yeah, so did so did the other 500 people who didn't get to be where you were. They all yeah. worked hard too. Yeah. And or the people that are just significantly less talented. Yeah, certainly. You know, I mean, like beginning to understand and recognize your talents is mm-hmm. one of the one of the most important things. And honestly, one of the reasons I wish I started practicing yoga style thought processes and physical practices when I was even younger um, than when I did start because it takes a long time to open up your perspective Mm -hmm. because we're all conditioned into different things just from the way we've lived life and it's very hard to let go of anything in your teens, late teens, and early 20s. Because there's so much happening, right? Yes. And you're just like looking to identify yourself as something or someone so that you have a place in your social circle. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you're looking for belonging. Yeah, because again, the, those are those are the times in life when you are forced into the most social interactions. Oh yeah, forced heavily. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like from whatever I would say, fourteen or fifteen to twenty two or twenty three. Like you are forced into social interaction. Certainly. And then kind of after that, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, you can either keep I mean? going or not. You know, you, yeah. can, you can totally bail. You can bow out. Um, and be- but because of that, you're so tied to any shard of a social identity that you can cling on to, right? Yeah, that it's hard to, to dive into something like yoga that asks you to let go of those things yeah. at an earlier age. And, and, or, just, or just helps you see a different perspective on effort and achievement mm-hmm. or aligning your intentions and your actions or just that the world is bigger than well, what you see it I think as. when you're younger as well, it's really hard to break up the connection, what you just said, between effort and achievement mm-hmm. because of you spend so much time in school and you're kind of conditioned to think, I do my assignments, I do my homework, I do well on a test, therefore I get an A in the class. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I work hard, therefore something works for me. Exactly. And that's, it is one of those kind of like real world slaps in the face later when you realize that it may or may not mean anything that you worked really hard, depending yeah. on all those other factors in between and or, how much else there is going on. Or an even or an even better example, we've been dating for six to eight months to a year, so therefore this is a good relationship. Yes. When you, when you are 15, 16, when you're 15, 17, like, But we've been together for an entire school year. We, are, we have a great relationship. relationship. Do you? Do you? <laughs> do at sixteen? You, you do know, you? Do you? You know, like. But I love him, mom. Yeah. <laughs> do you? <laughs> young Carly. Yeah. The words do of you. Young, <laughs> the words of young Carly. Answer. Right. No. <laughs> it is true. Right. We equate longevity, training, those kinds of efforts as yes. success automatically. Exactly. Yes. And and not to say they I have aren't... worked hard at this, therefore I deserve that. Hundred percent. And not to say that it isn't success. This isn't unvalidating anybody's relationships or experiences or anything like that. It's just actually looking to see if what you believe is true or false. Well, yeah, and how you define success, again, is also very subjective to, mm-hmm. you know, are we talking monetary? Are we monetary? Monetary. Monetary. Yeah, that was like a good um, accent. Yeah. No. Slur? No. Whatever it is. Lisp? Lisp. That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Monet- is it monetarily? Is it based on happiness? Mm-hmm. Is it based on uh, public appeal? Public appeal. Is it based on? Is it based on joy? Is it mm-hmm. based on, like? Well, I think you can look at this with uh, the level of attention you're getting. Right? There's certainly. so many. Well, you can things. look at this in social media terms, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it translating to engagement, to likes, to comments, to views, to growth on your account? Or in the yoga world, you could equate it to: Are there people in your classes? Mm-hmm. Well, a successful class maybe that class is packed, so that feels successful. But are you making a living at being a yoga teacher? Yeah. Well, and that's a different measure of success because exactly. they don't always equate. And, and, and just really beginning to look at things holistically, mm-hmm. you know, because that's really, I think that's maybe the overall goal of this podcast is to start to see. There's things, a goal? You know, there's yeah, always so a goal. It makes me but, but I think on a subconscious level, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's one of the things that we are constantly always trying to do. Like, I think that uh, one of the things that we're always working towards as two people, and part of the reason that I think our relationship works so well, is that we're always trying to see the bigger picture as individuals and how that relates to us as a couple, and also walking the path towards truth, and not just towards 
this works or like yes but the why like taking, yes. taking that next step well it's not just like okay how how do we just get through this or what's like the longevity play or this that and the other or like it's it is trying to get to that deeper place all the time yeah and and you know not not in it not in a sense of it always being serious just in the sense of learning like i think i think it's a really nice thing to learn the the waves and the rhythms of life and how they actually play into your human experience mm-hmm. because that helps create the environments that you live in right and and then again that steps back into really all the things that we've kind of been jibber-jabbering about mm-hmm. so far on the podcast where it's like is it good mm-hmm. are you good at it or does it work or is it both mm-hmm. and and really trying to work to getting to both as often as possible well, and I also think you can be anywhere on the spectrum at different times throughout the process. So yeah. before we started recording, you actually had a really good example. I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. That's kind of a vulnerable one about your when you first started teaching. Yeah. That when, you can say it actually if you want to. No, go for it. Uh, that when Patrick first started teaching, he said, you know, was I good when I first started? Probably not really. No, I was but, new. I was, well, I was new. <laughs> yeah. Like, is anyone good when they first start? But no. But he said, was I good? No, but was I successful? Yes. At the time, yes. Like Patrick's, Patrick was quote unquote successful as a yoga teacher Straight away. very early on. His classes were popular. It's I hate to say this, but it's easier to get jobs when you are a male, truly, in this industry I right now. I hate to say this. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's much easier to get a job. Studios are always looking for male teachers to round mm-hmm. out their staff. So it's easier to get a job. His classes were popular. Can't lie. You're a good looking guy. It never hurts. Thanks, <laughs> and you taught what people wanted. So was it good in air quotes? Not really, but did people have fun and enjoy it and keep coming to class? They did. So you were successful despite not hitting that good end of the spectrum. And then learn to be good over time, mm-hmm. just like with anything. Like You shouldn't let being good limit you from starting. Exactly. Right? Yes. Because you have to start somewhere. And if it comes to speaking in front of people, mm-hmm. right? I think we've said this on the previous episode when we are talking about teaching beginner mm-hmm. or when you first start teaching, but uh, you're going to be bad. Yeah. Like, like in the eyes of more experienced students or teachers, mm-hmm. like you're just not going to be very good. No, and, and there will be beginners you... in there that don't know the difference, but there will also be experienced people that do. There will be lots do. of people that still like your class. Yes. And I think that's that's one of the things. Like I, back when I first started, I created a class experience that people liked, mm-hmm. you know? Was it like the was I teaching the most technically proficient yoga or the or most I, profound philosophical class? No, no but that's nor, not. Nor was I trying to? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just trying to figure out how to get the words out. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 create an identity that I felt was my own. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it, it, starting somewhere is just really part of that process, and and owning that you at any level you can always keep growing i think is really important and then keep walking continuing to walk that path towards an understanding of what's successful and what is also good and also then then even tying into that like what makes you feel good about what you're creating yes because i think it's easy to feel jaded um on the other end of the spectrum when you feel like you're offering something that is really good Mm -hmm. or you've done a ton of training and invested so much of your life your passion yourself into something and then feel like for some reason it's not resonating it's not either monetarily successful or public opinion or whatever and then that feels pretty crappy too on the one end when you it's either like imposter syndrome i'm not good but for some reason i'm successful or we get jaded 
I'm really good at this and no one cares. Yeah. And it's a tough place to be on either end of the spectrum. And I think that we can waver between those throughout any skill or lifetime of whatever it is that you're doing. Or activity. Certainly. You know, um, and I think that the more you begin to understand that bridge between the two things Mm -hmm. and, and just see that it's everywhere, it gives you perspective that it's not just you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the most popular movies in the world are Marvel and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right? Are those good movies? Like, is a Marvel movie a, like a technically a good movie? I don't know. I haven't watched them for a long time. Is a Star Wars movie technically a good movie? I don't know. I love it anyway. I don't care any. It doesn't matter to me. I love it. I love it anyways. You know, like, like, like you could love Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I can really only get through the Spider-Man ones at this point. Like, that, that's those are the only ones that I'm like, oh, that was, I was entertained by yes. that experience. But I'm in the minority there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, absolutely. I'm, I'm complete minority, and I own that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't may, mean Marvel movies are bad or or that enjoying them is bad either. And it also doesn't mean that movies that aren't successful by a Marvel standard yeah. aren't good, yes. right? Because or aren't time, successful. Aren't successful, right? Because technically and, I mean, entertainment-wise, whatever your calibration is, there's plenty of movies that are just as successful in what they're trying to achieve. It's just not going to be on the same level as a Marvel movie. Yeah, I mean, the best acting I've seen on television in, like, the last, or movies or anything in the last probably year or two was the 30 minutes of that Robert Pattinson movie that we watched. Oh, my God. That we had to turn off because it was too intense. He was living the fast life. What was that called? I don't remember. It's on Amazon, if you're looking for something. This is where these show notes would help. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you know we were going to get to this point? You couldn't have scripted that. (laughs) But, yeah, it's some heist movie with Robert Pattinson um, that was so intense, I felt like I was on drugs and having an intense anxiety attack at the same time. I couldn't watch it. it was just giving us anxiety. But he was great. Or also, why can't I think of his name, but in Split. Oh, that was super intense. That we just watched. uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Which I just, his acting is phenomenal. And obviously Split was a commercial success, I think, too. Yeah. But watching that side of it just reminds you, because you watch that and then you watch, you know, Avengers and it's not really. You watch X-Men, right? So. Yeah, James McAvoy. Perfectly good example, right? James McAvoy in Split, phenomenal acting. Mm -hmm. As Professor X. I'm not interested. He's trying. Yeah, I mean, he's you know, doing he's, it. He's doing a Marvel thing, right? Yeah. It's a different experience. Mm-hmm. Was his acting talent more relied upon for Split? Yes. Yes, 100%. Is his acting talent even necessary in X-Men? No, not really. Probably, a character already exists. Yeah, probably. Professor X, character already exists. Mm-hmm. There's there's already thousands of issues of comics that created that that. And character. other actors that have played it. And other actors that have played it. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good example, actually. Yeah. That somewhere along the spectrum in your entire career, you can be in both. You can be in both. You can be in both worlds. And also sometimes your high level of talent or knowledge is not required for the audience. That's very true. Because sometimes that, sorry to interrupt you, but sometimes that holds you back from being successful is leaning too much on your experience, knowledge, et cetera. And it's actually alienating or hurts your relatability to the audience. We see this with yoga teachers a lot, that people who maybe have tons and tons of training and a lot of knowledge, specifically, this usually happens with anatomical knowledge or specifics about the body and physicality. And while that is very beneficial and might be really interesting when it comes to being a successful day-to-day yoga teacher, is it the most important thing 
No, because most students can't hear all that stuff. And if you try to say all of it in a class because you're excited about it, because you have that knowledge, which you have totally entitled to most students they're just there for earned you earn totally but most students are there for what you were creating at the beginning an experience Hmm? or an hour of and and i'm still creating which is an experience certainly Hmm. they're there for a lot of reasons but it's not always to gain a ton of technical knowledge no so it's conflicting right because sometimes we we kind of stunt our own growth by sitting in the pocket too much of i have all this experience i am good at this Mm -hmm. instead of just letting some of the natural talents shine through and also really understanding who you're speaking to and how it can evolve and change. Like I know for me, when I'm teaching, if I'm teaching a more intimate group of people, that class experience is very different mm-hmm. than a large audience. Certainly. Right? Yeah. Because it's more personal. There can be different elements brought in. There can be more space in the room. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one of the biggest benefits to uh, teaching in lots of different spaces and audiences is that you get the opportunity to learn different facets about your own offerings. Well, and if you are always feeling the quote unquote success of teaching a big class, mm-hmm. that's all you've ever taught, then I do think that we end up shorting ourselves the skills and of what it's like to teach and cultivate other experiences yeah. for our students oh, and, I mean, and our own skills as well. I mean, when we first started traveling and teaching workshops, we were like, I don't think I taught less than like 35 or 40 people in my public classes mm-hmm. in Seattle. So like pretty good sized yeah, public classes, consistently. like pretty full almost like every time, mm-hmm. like as a, that was like the capacity of the room or whatever. And then we went and taught workshops the very, very first time, mm-hmm. five. Very, and I was like, what do we do? We're like, wait, why Why are we doing this? When what, at home, people were coming to class and yeah, nobody like, came to we, this. What do we do? Like, yeah. how do we... Well, how do you hold space for five people for five when I'm people. used to feeding off the energy of 35? Yeah. It's a, it's a different skill. It's a completely different skill. And you're not just inherently good at it. No. And and no, and nobody is. And I think it takes it takes time to... To learn those things and to actually get good in that area, you know, so even within your own craft, you can continue to hone in and become better or to raise your own, you know, your own tide of technicality or skill or talent or whatever by getting, putting yourself in situations that you're a bit less familiar with, Mm -hmm. you know, and that helps you create an understanding to, to what actually is success for you. And I think that's probably a good place to finish um, this discussion, which is putting perspective on your success and what what that actually means for you. Mm-hmm. Because what would success mean to you? Like in terms of, like like an, this is something you create, like an aloe moves plan, right? Mm-hmm. Like what do you, would you consider to be, and if you don't know what aloe moves is, it's where we have a bunch of our online yoga classes. A lot of times when we record for aloe moves, we record things as a series of classes. Mm-hmm. So it's around five to seven different classes. All that around are, a central They're grouped theme. together. We, it, it's very similar to like an album release for us. Sure, yeah. Like a little EP and things like that. Yeah. So again, so like what would be a success for you? I, what would you put that as? Okay, when I create an Alamoves class or series, my goal is to always create something that people will use. Mm-hmm. I want to create something that people want to practice and that they'll feel comfortable coming back to. So it becomes like a habit or a ritual, something yeah. they, that makes them feel good that they'll use over and over again. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in creating like a one-off thing. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So they guess that's how I would do it. Something that, that is actually useful and helpful to people. So would you care about like a lot of people always coming back and using it? Or is it like if if consistently people came back, the same people really found a lot of value in it, would that be success? Because there's a little bit of a difference, well, right? Well, there is. And I think it's similar to teaching a public class. It feels good when you have the same five people that always come to class because it means they like it. You're doing something right. But it also feels good when you have 10 or 15 or 20 people in class. But yeah. if it's a different 20 every time, then that's also not – that's that's conflicting because why aren't people coming back, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think with – online content like that I guess success to me is that both both <laughs> you want you want to have your cake and I eat would it like too? to have my cake and eat it what too. a shock. shocker um, what a shock yeah man you threw me off with that one that's hard I, yeah. I want something that people use and come back to but certainly I want to be able to reach as many people as possible I don't okay, know okay what answer. about what about this just just diving deeper yeah. into it what if you had uh on when people log their plans they were the feedback was so so, but you had a large number of views on it or a large number. No, that of would members. be way worse to me because I would be full of anxiety. Like <laughs> everyone's looking at this and no one likes it. Like what? It, you know? Do you know what I mean? But, but that would again, be way worse. But the sub, the the um, there's the vocal majority. So there's the, the or the vocal minority. Excuse me. So what would there's be the silent majority? Silent majority. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't. Continued. Yeah. But the silent there's a silent majority of people that are continuing to, to use, use it. it. I mean, I guess that means you, know, it's, it's, you it's, must it's, be doing something right. But for me personally, that's less success because yeah. that makes me more insecure about. I would rather know that what I'm doing is really impactful for a medium sized group than like eh, whatever. I just toss this thing on for a ton of people. Yeah. So, so essentially what I'm trying to say here is just getting into what maybe people feel if they're in like music or art or mm-hmm. movies, right? So somebody like, uh, because we just watched this documentary as well, like the Travis Scott, right? So Travis Scott, probably never going to be very critically acclaimed. No. But a Didn't lot of, that Grammy. But a lot of people. Love Travis Scott. Love Travis Scott, right? Yeah. You know, and I think that. Or you could be like Fish. And have a whole radio station dedicated to you and tour for your whole life and have tons of pe- people who are diehards and anybody outside of that circle doesn't care care (laughs) yeah it's it's weird definitions of success and 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 that's really why the the end of the the path between talent and everything that you're building Mm -hmm. and success is really relative to you Mm -hmm. and and what works for you and i think that's and where you're trying to get where you're trying to get what's your measure what's essentially yeah what's your measure and 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 leaning into that a little bit because Mm -hmm. it helps it helps you not be let down by someone else's measure by somebody success. else's measure yes. because you're you're you know kind of moving to the beat of your own drum if you will a little bit and i think that was one of the things that helped me a ton when i first started teaching mm-hmm. right because when i first started teaching um i you know i, I what i don't want to say about it I had a really easy time getting jobs at specific studios, but I really wanted to get into reputable studios. And they were like, nah, dog. Yeah, because they were like, <laughs> they were, you're successful, but not good. We won't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they wouldn't well, give you the... I wasn't good to them. That's what I mean. But, but I was like, you could say what you want, but I'm over here crushing it. And so you can do your thing. I'm I'm doing mm-hmm. my thing and being happy where I yes. am. You but know? if you had looked at it through the lens of, if I don't teach at this quote unquote studio, then I'm not successful. Then I, or then I'm not real. Yes, then it just doesn't count. Yeah, and then, it's like, no. Like, yes. I was real 
the whole time because mm-hmm. what I was offering was real to me. It wasn't anybody else made it up. Like I made it up. Mm-hmm. You know well, what and I mean? it was real to those people, students that came to class and yeah. they truly did care. And they still come to class. But it's easy all to get caught. Later. They do. It's easy to get caught up in that measure. I imagine that if you're an indie band or something like that, and you have diehard fans whose music changed their lives, but you're not on the big stage, it feels similar. Yeah. Right, you're like, why? Why isn't that me? But if that's your measure of success, then you're always going to feel let down. Yeah, and and so it's trying to put things in perspective for what really matters to you, mm-hmm. and and then creating a course of action that moves you in that direction. So, you know, give yourself permission to kind of look at that type of thing. You know, to to really look at what you're currently working on where and, on the spectrum you are and maybe where you've been and how it's shifted yeah and i think being honest with yourself or whatever you're looking at about where you've found the most happiness and contentment yeah. because being the most successful if you don't feel confident what you're doing that's not a great place to be and love be feeling like you're the you're the best but being jaded because you're not successful it's also not a great place to be so yeah. there's got to be somewhere along the spectrum that that is feels good um, it's just not always one end or the other. Yeah. And and really finding your happiness. I think like you tapped on that. And I think that's the most important thing. Like what measure of success and of effort makes you happy? Like mm-hmm. what level of busyness makes you happy? Um, because it's it's what's going to help you create, you know, more more joy and more love and more honesty and openness in your life, I feel. Mm-hmm. And probably, depending on the measure, more success. Yeah. Again. Maybe more success, but hopefully more happiness regardless. I don't know. I think that was okay for rambly. Uh, you're good on the ramble. <laughs> you're good on the fly. You just don't like to be. I don't like to be. I know. It's it just it's something about your psyche that I know. doesn't. I'm not that anxious, to be honest. Yeah. I'm just a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> That's just your current state of being, yeah. like, slightly smelly. Like, oh my half God. your own smell, yeah, half, half little... baby smell. Yeah, That's you, probably you too can turn off the podcast by now if you want to, but postpartum is just kind of, you know. Le- fun. Leaky. It's fun. Sweaty. It's fun. <laughs> Super fun. It's joy every second. Joy and success. It's yeah, To be honest with you, for all of you that have kids, you can resonate with this. It's amazing. And then it's like, what the, f- what the, we haven't swore this podcast yet. So what the would be is going on yeah what is going on what happened to my life yeah exactly (laughs) and then you're like look at this little baby life it's the best ever and then you're like wait did i have a life yeah like what is this yeah maybe we'll talk about that next time yes anyways you guys you haven't read the podcast yet his with the rating we greatly appreciate it hopefully a five star and uh yeah don't slam us for being inconsistent because that's cold (laughs) (laughs) we're doing we're doing our best best out here we're trying uh, we make a lot of promises (laughs) yeah Anyways, have an amazing rest of your uh, Thursday because that's when this will come out. And we will chat with you on Monday. Peace.